Welcome to SkyTel Insights, the go-to podcast for owners of multi-location dental practices or med spas. Every episode, we offer dental and aesthetics industry leaders business, financial, operational, and M&A strategy. Are you a DSO, MSO, or med spa owner with an appetite for growth? Tune in for tactics to start, scale, and sell your organization. Here are your hosts, members of the team at SkyTel Group. Good day, everyone, and welcome to SkyTel Insights. Very excited about today's podcast as we'll be discussing membership programs in the medical aesthetic space. To walk us through that today are now two-time guests, Judy Kozlicki and Ashley Carter. Judy and Ashley are both SkyTel Medical Aesthetic Consultants. Judy, would you mind introducing yourself to our audience so they understand your perspective as we walk through this today? Sure. Thanks, Ben. I have been in the medical aesthetic industry for over 16 years. I started at a single location med spa. That med spa happened to be acquired by a very large organization that wanted to use us as their beta or model to expand in the med spa environment. So we actually moved into their facility and I was fortunate enough to be promoted into the corporate environment as the national med spa manager and helped scale and grow the med spas across 20 states. In about five years, we had 33 locations. I wore lots of hats throughout that time there, helped with the legalities, SOPs, the design of the space. I helped with hiring and coaching. We set up training environments. I helped with marketing and even worked with our medical directors very closely on setting up those arrangements. So it was a really great learning experience and for a multi-site medical spa environment, I grew from that a lot. I did move on to plastic surgery, both solo and small group practices For me, it was a nice move to feel a little more nimble and be more impactful directly with a practice. All of these practices had a medical spa component and were looking to grow and scale themselves. So I was fortunate enough again to walk into a growth environment and help coach these practices along in that. The last practice that I was with, I think I started, we had 19 employees. And when I left, we had 36, which was in a three-year time frame. We really grew so much year over year. We had an annual CAGR of 32%. I like to boast that one. And of course, became attractive for sale again. We did go to market and private equity invested in our practice. In the meantime, I've been kind of toying with consulting because I'm now kind of been in this industry for quite a while. So I've been consulting with plastic surgeons and med spas for about a year and a half. And just this past summer, SkyTel reached out and I joined them this fall, full-time consulting for SkyTel, which I absolutely love. This is an amazing team, an amazing environment. And what we can offer our clients here is really bar none. So thanks for having me. Thanks for being with us, Judy. Ashley, would you like introducing yourself as well to understand your perspective as we walk through this today? Yeah. Hi, I'm Ashley Carter. I'm a board certified nurse practitioner. 
I've worked in the medical field for over 10 years, from starting as an emergency room nurse in county hospitals to quickly and not fast enough moving into the aesthetic industry. I worked in plastic surgery and med spas. So first, I started with a plastic surgeon who had one location at the time. I was the very first nurse practitioner meeting. I was a medical assistant, pre-op, PACU nurse, injector, secretary. Like Judy wore lots of hats. You know, quickly I started growing his business organically by increasing patient satisfaction through educating all staff on that full face consult or body consult and cross selling. My RN injectors knew about the lasers and my estheticians knew about injectables and were able to speak on both of those to create that healthy service mix and practice. Totally believe that in training on comprehensive personalized skin care treatment plans for patients. He also gave me full autonomy to create his first hormone therapy program. So when I started, I had built it from the ground up. And when I did leave, there was 100 members on his hormone therapy program and about 650 members on his skincare membership. After leaving plastic surgery, I transitioned as a clinical director for a nine-med spa location where I did obviously training, wrote SOPs, protocols, policies that everyone loves to do which I actually really do enjoy, and brought on new services, researched new technology that the med spa industry was looking at. So really created that positive culture and ramping the providers. And a big question I get asked a lot is, how do we keep our providers from leaving and going to the next med spa? So had a lot of work with keeping providers and again, keeping that positive culture. Similar to Judy, I joined Skytail this fall and I fell in love with being a consultant. I never thought I'd be on this side, but I love creating solutions for those challenging pain points that I've personally been in and lots of med spas and plastic surgery deal with and being a resource for clients. And so I have firsthand experience about being in those trenches. So very excited to be here and thanks for having me, Ben. Thanks for being on, Ashley. So we have the business side, the clinical side. This will be great as we dig into membership programs that really deal with both. Ashley, let's stay with you. You know, we like to start with a definition to start understanding what it is we're talking about. In your words, how would you define a membership program? How should we think about that? Yeah, so there are so many different ways membership can be structured. I know Judy and I could talk on this for hours. I know we have limited time, but Basically, I like to think of an aesthetic membership program as similar to any kind of subscription. It's where a patient has an option to break up payments across the period of time to receive specific services and treatments rather than paying all up front at once. Most memberships I've worked with or seen usually offer special pricing compared to non-members. I really love memberships when they are done correctly. Judy and I like to call it skin fitness. You know, I wish I could go to the gym once a year and lose 80 pounds, but I can't. You have to keep at your skin. So I really think providing these memberships really can help with patients that are wanting to obtain their skincare goals that can take multiple frequent sessions to keep their skin glowing and prevent or treat anti-aging concerns. I've tried going to the gym once a year and you're right. It does not work. It did not help with my weight loss. I um, wish. <laughs> yes, that would be nice. But I like the parallel to skin. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm thinking about this, if I'm a business owner, why would I want to add a membership program to my practice or organizations? What are the benefits? Judy, could you maybe start us off? Sure. I think one of the key benefits of a membership program is really building loyalty and then rewarding loyalty in a way. So you're creating this ongoing visit and inherent loyalty by offering special pricing. I don't like to call it discounted pricing. 
It's not necessarily a discount, but we're rewarding you as a loyal patient by giving you special pricing and the ability to spread out your payments across months. So depending on how it's structured. I think it's also a great way to really promote a full comprehensive skincare regimen. Like Ashley was, you know, keeps mentioning there's a lot of ways to tackle anti-aging or both prevention as well as treatment. And you really need to have a full encompassing program and approach to your skin. It's not just about injectables. You can inject bad skin all day long and it's still going to be bad skin, right? You've got sun damage. You need to take care of the sun damage and you need to protect your investment with great skincare. So by creating a membership program, it really should be a way for you to promote that full comprehensive skincare regimen. I think for the practice itself or a business, a key benefit is really that recurring revenue. So when you have that monthly revenue coming in each month, you can count on it. And of course, Skytel has our M&A division. We have practices that come to us ready to sell. I think for a buyer, that annual recurring revenue is very attractive. So thinking of it from that point. Lastly, I'd say, again, kind of as a business owner, if you were bringing on a new provider, a new esthetician, for example... It's a great way to get them ramped up. In one of the practices that I worked at, I had an esthetician who has been in the industry a long time, had a lot of clients, but she moved from a med spa to this plastic surgery practice. And it was the membership program that really helped her build her business. She built it so much that we had to like put the membership on pause because she was so busy and couldn't see the number of patients that were wanting to see her. Like her schedule became so full. So we'll talk about those pitfalls later, but a great way to ramp a new provider. Yeah. To chime in, Judy, I think another one is, you know, we're striving for the best patient satisfaction. And I really feel with that, the patients coming in three, four times a year, or every month, you know, you're really giving the best results. And I feel like med spas should totally be focused on those results driven and showing those patients, hey, your skin has changed from when you first stepped in into our clinic to a year later. From personal experience with the Vizia skincare consult, I remember I had never done any treatments and my skin age was five years older than I was and I was mortified. And after a couple treatments, I go back and my skin was younger than my little sister. And I just was like, this is it. You really need to come <laughs> multiple times because you can really see those results. So I think it's a great benefit of having the patients return and also being able to continue to talk to them, like Judy said, about skincare and other treatments. That's great insight. It sounds like it's beneficial for the practice, beneficial for the patient. It's a win-win. You know, something interesting was brought up, which is probably the only thing I know about this here, but from an M&A perspective, absolutely so true that it increases the value of your practice or organization because of that recurring revenue, because there are statistics that show that patients tend to remain longer so that patient turnover decreases. And great point on bringing in a new team member and having that being helpful there. That was an interesting new one for me. So if I'm sold on this, it sounds positive. How do I implement this? What tips and advice would you give toward if we wanted to go down the path of creating a membership program and implementing? Ashley, could you start us off here? Yeah. So I think the first question for a med spa is, like I said, you can structure a membership so many different ways, but first deciding what's the purpose of your membership. 
What are your goals? Do you want all your patients to become members? Do you want it to be more of a VIP experience? And you know, how are you going to market your membership? First, knowing your brand. For example, with the hormone membership that I created, I went to local gyms and tried to partner with the people there because people that work out love to look great as well. So it was that perfect marketing marketing that brought those clients in and then brought my clients to their businesses. So knowing one, your brand, how you're going to market, I think is you know advice for starting off. Lastly, I think making sure all of your providers, from your providers to your front desks and people answering your calls, knowing how to speak about the membership and knowing to give those patients, I feel like I keep saying this, but that full face console and giving them that personalized skincare treatment plan and also addressing individually what that patient's skin concerns are. And then showing again, like I previously said, how much their skin has improved. People forget what they look like. It's very important to remind, take photos, do the Vizia, you know, really hitting on that full patient experience. That's great. Thank you, Ashley. Judy, anything to add? I I do have a few questions now because, you know, you guys are being too positive. I have a few questions on the the other side of things. Anything to add here, Judy? I definitely have some tips to add. I know where you're going. And I will say in my experience, I have actually deconstructed membership programs at least three times in practices because of some of the pitfalls we might be talking about. So what I've learned and what suggestions I have when you're setting up your membership program, first and foremost, keep it simple. It's really tempting to want to create a very highly customizable program for patients so that you're accommodating every single person's need. But I'm telling you from experience, it can become an operational nightmare. And it's really confusing to the patients too. It's hard to track. So I would say, keep it simple. Focus on repeatable services only, like hydrofacial or diamond glow, something that you can do on a monthly or every other month basis. Your neurotoxins, of course, people that's repeatable every three, four months. So just starting with the basics, you can always offer special pricing on all your additional treatments as a perk for being a member. And hopefully with them coming in each month, you have those opportunities to speak about that. The other one I really like to stress is make sure that you include a down payment with your membership program that covers the cost of the very first treatment. I've seen clinics get into trouble where they start a membership program and it's just this low monthly 99 or 199, whatever that might be. And the patient comes in and has Botox and some filler and we're $800 in, but the clinics now only receive $99 and we're catching up. So the patient's paying in arrears, basically. There's so many things that could potentially happen. People move, the credit card declines, lots of opportunities where that might fall apart. So I really like to stress, get a down payment that covers that. And then, you know, like Ashley did about your branding, I think there's a couple of ways to position a membership program. I think I said it earlier on, when you're rewarding loyalty, you want to create kind of that VIP membership program. Perhaps you have a plastic surgery practice and you're trying to create a VIP program for them as a member. There's also a volume play. Maybe you want to keep it very low payments and look for that new patient ad. Like I mentioned about building a new provider. If you're really looking to seek new patients, I think you can think about your demographic a little bit too. 
I think the younger demographic is really used to making monthly payments for things like Netflix and their cell phone and all of this. So they like thinking about, well, I don't want to spend $400 on my Botox treatment. I'd like to spread that out. Um, There's a couple of different ways to play it. And one of the practices I was in, we had a little bit of an older demographic and we had what I call our VIP aesthetic advisory board. We took our top 10 patients in the practice that meant long longevity. And we asked them, we pulled them when we reintroduced our membership program. And a lot of the older folks really just didn't care about those monthly payments. They'd rather know what they're paying at the time, love a discount on a package or something like that. But you got to know your patient clientele, right? Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. You know, in talking to our team, I always love not just hearing about your successes, you know, people like you and Ashley who have been there and done that. But I find what I learn the most about is anytime we make mistakes, right? And would you be able to share some of those, whether within organizations you worked with or ones we're working with now or research you've done? What would you not recommend? that we do if we're starting a membership program? What are things to look out for to to increase success? Yeah, one of the pitfalls or challenges we found with one of the programs was banking. Some membership programs allow their patients to bank their monthly payments and then redeem them somewhere down the road when they have enough money to spend. To me, that makes for an accounting nightmare If you think about it from a business perspective, owner, you might be then paying commission for that large treatment. Maybe they saved up $1,000, but you're not getting that money in that month. So from on a month to month basis, it can throw you off in your finances. So I think banking is a challenge. It also really causes problems. You know, sometimes people travel. I'm up in Minnesota. A lot of people like to snowbird down south. And so then they want to put their membership on hold. And they're thinking, I'm banking all that money and going to come redeem it. Now, when I come back next summer in three months, it's just challenging. I would also really consider your current available hours. I mentioned earlier that a statistician who got so full, we had to put the membership on pause. We actually revamped that program after a period of time to say, let's not do monthly facials. Let's create a program that's every other month because we were at capacity and we don't want to disappoint our patients by signing up for something that they can't get in for. That's just frustrating. You know, the things that come top of mind, I'm really a strong advocate for memberships. I really think they're beneficial, but there certainly are things to watch out for. Yeah. And I think one thing, Judy, you bring up great points is I know this sounds simple, but also working with your marketing team, I've seen in work where we actually ran specials that were lower than our member pricing and that didn't go very well. Then that's a something, hey, learn from our mistakes. I think also with Judy, with the hours, we also had so many members all at once that they were being booked out months in advance, not just because we were limited on staff, but also equipment. And you know, laser equipment can be expensive. So looking at all of that and being able to plan ahead and be proactive rather than being reactive is, I think, key and building a successful membership program. Yeah, a tip I would have on that, Ashley, about marketing. Sorry, Ben, if I 
cut you off. We did specifically, like, again, I think you really want to treat your members and reward them for that loyalty and coming in. So mm-hmm. a lot of clinics like to have big open houses where it's the best pricing of the year. And if you price things lower than what those members are getting, that causes a big upheaval. So yes. we were very strategic <laughs> about making sure that we listed member pricing. And one, we gave them an opportunity to see the specials a week ahead of any of our traditional patients. We allowed them to schedule ahead of time. So giving them those perks. And then also on our menu for that open house, we listed member pricing versus here's our open house pricing so that it would attract new members. You know, people are going to say, well, wait, why are these members getting an even better deal? And then you can sign up more members, right? So fascinating and helpful and cut me off anytime I could listen (laughs) to you two all day. Um, So if I'm a business, you know, you've sold me, I've implemented my program. I took notes. I avoided some of the pitfalls, took some of the tips. Now what from an implementation execution and continuing to come back to things, that's where we see a lot of success or failure. How do I measure success here? What do I track? You know, we love KPIs here. You know, we love data-driven organizations. How should I be looking at this so I know day in, day out whether I'm being successful? Judy, could you kick us off on that one? And Ashley would love your opinion too. Yeah, you bet. I mean, for me, the measure of success is, you know, we're looking at how many members do we have and how many members are we retaining on a practice level. One of my favorite KPIs is patient retention and new patient retention. A membership program obviously inherently creates that retention, but you're going to be looking at that. And one of the ways to be successful is to make sure that you have a buy-in from every team member in your organization, from front desk to providers, and that you're consistently promoting this membership program. You want them to be talking about it. Every new patient that comes in the door should really be hearing about this membership program. Yeah. And I think also to Judy's point with the retention is I think having annual VIP events just to continue that appeal to your most loyal patients is so important because everyone knows that the more loyal patients, the more money and more trust they're going to have in you. I think a big one that to track is also monthly declines. I personally have seen the, if you're not keeping track of those monthly declines, they can really climb. So having the right staff to be on top of the membership, it's a great benefit, but it also, you know, it does take a good load of your operations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great points. You mentioned earlier, both of you could talk about this for hours and I can see why (laughs) just the deep knowledge and You know, it actually just brought to mind, it happened to have happened this week, but someone randomly reached out to us and mentioned that they were using uh, a blog that y'all put out there to talk about membership programs and implementation. So I just thought that was such a compliment to what you two are doing and the team is doing. So, you know, we've talked about quite a bit here. Judy, Ashley, any parting thoughts before we sign off today? The reason we could go on and on is that you can structure, and like Ashley said, you can structure a membership in so many different ways. We love talking about them with our clients because we have kind of been there, done that and seen, okay, well, here's what not to do. Like no matter how we structure this, let's make sure we avoid these pitfalls. And so I just say, reach out. We're happy to hit on this topic again and explore more options, but no, 
love a membership program. I think Ashley agrees. Yeah. We could talk about it all day. So whoever, <laughs> yes. And like Judy said, I think knowing your brand and structuring it to your organization is so much fun. So we're always here. Whoever wants to talk, Ben, if you want to talk later, we can talk more. <laughs> I was about to say, I know I'll be calling both of you. I have a lot more questions. Judy, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge and insights. And to our audience, thank you so much for listening. We hope you got some good nuggets. I know I did. And we'd love it if you subscribe to Skytail Insights. Thank you. And until next time. Thanks for listening to Skytail Insights. If you like the podcast, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. And if you really like the podcast, visit skytailgroup.com. That's where you can connect with us directly and learn more about our consulting and M&A services at Skytel Group. We'd love to hear more about your dental or aesthetic organization and how we can help you take it to the next level. Thanks for tuning in.